Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your hosts, Mike Fagan and Tim Ben. We're opinion, fact, informative, and your alert system. Now let's get ready to rumble. Good day once again, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on Camp Hope and the election this Tuesday with Sheriff Ozzie Knezovich here on Right Spokane Perspective. I hope everybody out there is safe and sane. Now, physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausted, I curled up in my recliner. Our family had followed God's leading and had moved from California to Wisconsin. After we arrived, our car broke down and left us without a vehicle for two months. Meanwhile, my husband's limited mobility after an unexpected back surgery and my chronic pain complicated our unpacking. We uncovered costly problems with our new-to-us old home. Our senior dog suffered with health issues, and though our new pup brought great joy, raising a furry ball of energy was far more work than we anticipated. My attitude soured. How was I supposed to have unshakable faith while traveling on a bumpy road of hardships? As I prayed, God reminded me of the psalmist whose praise didn't depend on circumstances. David poured out his emotions, often with great vulnerability and sought refuge in the presence of God, acknowledging God as provider and protector. He praised him and followed his counsel. David affirmed that he would not be shaken because he kept his eyes always on the Lord. So he rejoiced and rested secure in the joy of God's presence. We too can delight knowing our peace doesn't depend on our present situation. As we thank our unchanging God for who he is and always will be, his presence will fuel our steadfast faith. You know the drill, folks. Father God, you are a loving God. Thank you for being you. In your son's Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Short, sweet, right to the point prayer. I'm liking it a lot. Yeah, I'm liking it. Well, we have law enforcement in the studio with us today, and I've just got to tell the sheriff, I pulled up, and there was a couple deputies at a stoplight and had their window down. Of course, they're always having their window down so they can pay attention to what's going on, and I'm in my new car. It looks kind of fast. It looks like one of those ones you might want to pull over. So they, they look over at me. I roll down the window, and I thank them for their service. I said, I know the legislature's not behind you, but the rest of us are, and I can't tell you how happy they looked. And uh, they weren't too happy looking before I said that because I think they're taking a lot of guff these days. What well, say you? I was going to say, Tim, thank God your car isn't red. That's right. You know, there is that thing about that red car. There it sure is. is. You know, that might be true in some places in the United States that law enforcement doesn't have the support of their uh, their community. I'd be hard-pressed to find it, though. Right. I can tell you 85% of this community is firmly behind their law enforcement. Absolutely. And during 2020 and, and 21, with all the nonsense that went on during that time, this community stepped up and... Our folks were always reporting back that it's off the charts. We can't we can't go anywhere without somebody saying thank you. They go up to pay for a meal; it's already paid for. Somebody's already paid for it at the precinct. People were bringing things left and right. This community supports its law enforcement, and I said during 2020 that the left was highly highly misreading tea leaves mm-hmm. national polling we're still you know gallup does a poll every year ranks certain institutions in the united states we're still number three and we've been number three for 
almost 20 years. Wow. Um, Didn't yeah. know that, Sheriff. That yeah. is that is amazing. And, you know, we filled it to number four in 21, and what replaced us was healthcare workers. Uh-huh. Well, that was 20, COVID. Yeah, those folks still a lot. But by 22, we're back to number three. And the military and small business are the ones that usually are ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Sadly, Mike, this year, for the first year that, since I've been watching that poll, the military fell to number two. Wow. And that is a direct representation of our military trying to magnify the wokeness of this nation, and people aren't buying this. That's right. Our military should not be politicized. It should never be brought into this political garbage. It's the military. Well, I think and, that polling, too, is... You know, the the press has an influence, but uh, people obviously aren't with the press. The press are pretty negative on law enforcement, pretty negative on military. But I think the military dropping down just had to do with the leadership, kind of like the FBI, where people's trust in the institutions, it's not because of the people on the ground, but oftentimes no, it it's leadership. the leadership. Yeah. 100% leadership. It's, it's because our, the leadership went woke. Mm-hmm. You've seen it. People aren't buying it. And, you know... The military has always been a bastion of of hands off as mm-hmm. far as politics. Sure, you mentioned the FBI, Tim. Agents on the ground are disgusted, flat disgusted with what's going on in the FBI. Mm-hmm. You cannot continue down this path and expect good things to to happen. Sure, there are certain things that should never be weaponized in a political way, and I can tell you that. I've talked to a lot of agents, and they're like, "Not, not good. We're we're not happy about what we're seeing." So, you know, mom and pop out there, they like their law enforcement. You know, another poll: sixty-seven percent of Americans say they have great trust in law enforcement. Now, that doesn't incorporate the people that have, you know, some trust or. I always look at the negative side of that polling. Mm-hmm. Where are we on the negative side? Well, when you only have about 15% of the population saying they don't trust you, you're doing something good because at no time will you ever have 100%. It's just not. People no. aren't designed that way because, quite frankly, we have about 7.5% on the far right, 7.5% on the far left that hate law enforcement. Right. It is just across the board. There's not a political spectrum that is pure in this but it's it's about 15 percent that are heavily radicalized and well and that polling damaged our um, eyes in in some people's are damaged us in some people's eyes but you talked about media oh media that's right well the media has at bottom they're just above congress folks (laughs) just above congress they they definitely don't have a lot of trust right now the mainstream media and and the polling you look at the negative side i don't think they're excluding people that have you know passed probably felony charges at the federal level or any other position. So they're not going to be pro-law enforcement if they got busted. So it's a pretty small percentage. So we are in election time. All of our listeners and everyone they know that's registered to vote, whether it's in Spokane County or outside of Spokane County, where we have lots of listeners. So with this election coming up, what's your, you know, as an outgoing sheriff, now you can push a little harder it seems like you're, you're starting to do that on other fronts and we'll get to those in a, in a few minutes but what's your advice to the voters out there and what you've seen you know this political thing of just letting crime run rampant is something that voters are concerned with what's your advice vote 
vote. You know, you still hear to to this day, well, my vote doesn't count. Really? Wasn't it, was it Iowa or Ohio, a Republican congresswoman won by six votes? Mm-hmm. You tell me your vote doesn't count? That is a self-fulfilling prophecy, folks. And then this nonsense about, I swear, Republicans are like Eeyore. We can't win. No, we, we can, can win. And, it, Mike, you've seen the polling for years. 5% more conservatives vote this is a red state. Yeah. This year, Maria or uh, Patty Murray is in a panic. She She's going to lose, I think. I think Tiffany Smiley has one great chance. Tim, Mike, I'm walking into an event in the morning a couple of weeks ago. A lady walks up next to me and goes, Sheriff, you know, I've been a Democrat for 55 years. Not no more. This is crazy. Crime, inflation, economy, what's going on in the schools. I'm, having, I'm hosting an event for Tiffany Smiley this weekend. I'm hearing that across the board. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have the chance to turn this state red, but I do have concerns about our county commissioner races. Oh, yes. Because this people don't realize that there are three seats that could turn blue, the two new seats and one out on the West Plains, and we can't have that happen because I will tell you, Maggie Yates... She's the reason we have the disaster that we have in our criminal justice system yes, right absolutely. now. Well, that ideology right all, all around and all of her supporters, that whole cabal of people that are anti-police. Of course, now it's just like we see in elections. Everybody wants to talk about potholes and pro-policing. But when they get in office, it's a whole nother story. And if you look at their past, it doesn't say that you're in favor of you know a rule of law or even democracy as they state it because here we are in a position with the county commissioners where it was partisan hacks in my view it was that forced this commissioner think is nobody wanted county government to grow by hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars by adding commissioners it's my understanding la county who's like i don't know 20 million people however many they have five county commissioners we don't need five we're not 20 million people no, and let's face it it, it, it was marcus richelli and matt shea got together Ram this bill down our throats. We had voted two times as a community and said, no, no. don't do it. Well, the voters said and, no to that and, and many other things they, are forcing down our throats. They pushed throat. it through Olympia, got it this way. Now you could lose the county commissioners as far as sanity. Maggie Yates, I was there when, when she was hired. Actually, I was the deciding vote to whether if we hired her or not. I said, yeah, give her a shot. After working with her all those years, she did nothing but destroy this this community's criminal justice system and set us back 10 years in trying to move anything forward. Maggie H is a disaster. Al French, proven track record as a leader, and that's who we need to make sure we vote in. Kim Please, uh, Michael Cathcart, I mean, let's vote. If you're tired of what's happening to your community, stop voting for the ones that are doing this to you. 
Brian Biggs and his liberal cabal, as you, because let's face it, it, it's not even really Brian that's in charge. It's Lisa Brown who's in charge. Exactly. Well, it's Lisa okay. Brown and some donors, some foundations. like Her dark money. Right. Like, like the Barbieri <laughs> Fund that's, you know, helping, Jules Helping Hands continue this homeless that, camp situation. That's shifting. Yes. Yeah. That, that support is shifting. Well, the support's got to be shifting, and we've talked about it on this show a number of times, and and basically, they are aiding and abetting crime. Yes, they They, are. They are funding, supporting. I wouldn't be surprised if you couldn't find evidence that they were tied to drug trafficking, human trafficking, just in the fact that they are handling the people, you know, handling backpacks that may have drugs in them, funding support for those groups that are using mentally incapacitated homeless people as a front. Well, if you want to be bring me back on another segment, I'll set you up for that. <laughs> yeah. We can talk about that. <laughs> well, well, we're definitely going to talk about that, folks. So we're going to have to take a break, but we are going to come back. We're going to talk about Camp Dope. But I think we're going to talk about some other things, too, criminal justice broadly in Spokane County. So don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with current sheriff, outgoing sheriff, Ozzy Knezovich. We'll be right back. This is Caleb Collier. And I'm Gavin Spees of Turning Point USA Faith with exciting news for the Inland Northwest. America is at a turning point. The direction she takes is up to you. Free America Tour featuring Charlie Kirk is coming to Spokane October 29th at 4 p.m. This is a free event hosted by Valley Assembly Church at 15618 East Broadway in Spokane Valley, Washington. Arrive early for priority seating. Get tickets now at tpusa.com forward slash free America. Links can also be found at churchestate.media. Christians, it's time to activate to prove once and for all that God is greater than government. You will be blessed. You will be motivated. Take action. You're looking at your ballot and realize you need more information about candidates and issues. There are two organizations that you can check out. The Citizens Alliance for Property Rights. Check them out at www.capr.us. And then, We Believe We Vote is also a great source from the Christian perspective on candidates and issues, so log on to www.webelievewevote.com. Again, that's www.capr.us and www.webelievewevote.com. To our Spokane area veterans and their families, if you haven't checked out the Hilliard Veterans of Foreign Wars Post 1474, located at Diamond and Regal Street in Spokane, you gotta be there or be square. The Hilliard VFW is there to assist you and yours with all your VA questions. Give them a call at 487-3784. Weekly bingo, cards, bowling, dart tournaments, and meal specials are just a few more things that the Hilliard VFW offers. Stop on by, give them a call, 487-3784. And welcome back from the break, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for rejoining Mike and Tim on Camp Hope and the election this Tuesday with Sheriff Ozzy Knezovich here on Right Spokane Perspective. Now, for those of us joining us a little bit late in today's broadcast, don't fret. There is redemption. You can catch us on a rebroadcast tonight at 9 p.m. on the fabulous 630 or 96.5. Or you can grab that good old-fashioned internet and uh, type in your favorite podcast service, Right Spokane Perspective. Grab all of our shows with candidates. We've served up a bunch to you we're going to serve up some more get people to turn out and vote if they're not sure because they don't trust that flyer with the three bullet points that says the same lies every politician does listen to the show share them get people to turn out and vote 
You betcha. All of that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and drag the sheriff back into the conversation and kind of pick up where we left off there right at the break. And I think that we were basically on the cusp of getting ready to break into just law enforcement in general. I think that, you know, we did just have Al French on a couple of days ago, and and boy, did we end up hearing a lot of good stuff from that commissioner. And as well, we heard a little bit of stuff with regard to Maggie Yates, and I would have to wholeheartedly agree. I do recall when she was brought on into uh, the criminal justice system here, and it was all about criminal justice and law enforcement reforms. Again, heading down the woke path here, ladies and gentlemen. That, that reforms that they call the not smart justice. Because there's <laughs> no the smart kidding. justice and there's the not smart justice, and they've woven it together to try to make us fund things that don't make our community safer. Absolutely. They have no idea what smart justice truly is, and that is evident. Mark Richard and I brought Smart Justice to this community in 2007. We hired one of the leading experts in Smart Justice, David Bennett, to help us develop a very good criminal justice philosophy. That plan has sat on a shelf for since 2011, and Brian Beggs and Maggie Yates and people like that have done nothing but try to prevent that plan from ever seeing the light of day. Smart justice is simply this, folks, accountability. Right. You reform. We all want people to change their lives and programming. Smart justice is programming a chance to change your life. However, if you violate the terms and conditions of your programming, smart justice dictates quick and certain accountability Therefore, you have to have an empty jail bed to hold the people who are violating their programming accountable for that violation. Tim, Mike, there is no such thing as accountability in our criminal justice system right now. No, right and now, quite frankly, like nationwide, this, this, you call it wokeness. I will be very blunt and tell you what it truly is. It's critical criminology theory. Critical criminology theory is Marxist criminology-based theory. Even though Marx really didn't dive into criminology, they have adopted all the Marxist slang, you know, culture, class, you know, warfare, race warfare. Yeah, but um, when it comes to criminal justice in a, in a socialistic system, I, I call it the free-range prison. It is. It, it truly is. And, and quite frankly... They don't realize what the what they're talking about. They don't realize the ramifications of what they're doing. And you have to fight against this Marxist philosophy because it has nothing to do with rule of law. It has nothing to do with strict accountability. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if a parent allowed their children to act this way, and some parents do, that's why we're seeing what we're seeing out on the street, you'd have chaos. Well, we have chaos now. And Black Lives Matter and critical race theory, whenever you hear the word critical, understand, just switch that word with Marxist. Critical race theory is a Marxist philosophy, and it is to blame and to divide peoples. And it is the most insidious thing that is being forced upon our children right now. And I can see why parents are up in arms Uh at the school boards. And we have to do something to fix this problem, and that means you have to stand up against the problem. And I'll just tell you right now, there's about, what, 15 miles to the east of us is this imaginary line. You cross that line, you don't see homeless camps. 
You don't see and hear about this explosion in crime and violent crime that we're seeing in Spokane. Now we call that the city of Spokane Valley. Is that where the line is? No. Mm-mm. I'm talking the Idaho State border. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Idaho State border. You well, yeah, no, you there's none of there. this nonsense. Oh no, none of it. It's a it's a totally different culture over there. On so we're we're bombarded. It's policies, man. Policies, 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 laws, and in 2021, our woke legislature and woke governor said they wanted to reform my profession. Based on this claim, all police officers want to do is go out and kill people. If you don't believe that's the, the reason they did it, just check the that little flop up that Jesse Johnson caused when he was uh, responding to Jason Rance and said, hey, look, law enforcement just got upset because they can't run around kill, killing people. That is the narrative that our media and activists have been pushing on this this country since august of 2014 ferguson now i don't think and most people believe that true i don't think most people believe that narrative and the media can keep trunching it out there i don't believe most people believe but that but I you're don't take, believe, they're taking action right. on it well, they're taking action they on it but i don't believe that the left the far left radicals even believe it i think it's using government to fund their friends they want to create all these end never-ending programs that they can administer that they can create bureaucracy around so they can hire all their leftist buds so they have money to help in campaigns they have time on their hands to help in campaigns and they have slush funds of do nothing criminal justice reforms that they can just throw money around to their friends and that's that's what i see happening they they're using our criminal justice system to fund their friends while we're seeing an increase in crime and we can't even look at the criminal numbers you know the increase in crime we can call it a decrease in crime because crimes aren't being reported people have given up on the system and they have in, in spades uh, they have they, i hear it all the time i hate speaking in the city of spokane limits because i hear that all the time why call why report but tim i'm telling you there are there are some true kool-aid drinkers out there mm-hmm. that believe that that rhetoric that all we want to do is show up and kill people but and they don't have to pass drug tests either it's just sad to 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 see that that narrative but you're right mom and pop don't buy it right and most logical sane people don't buy it but that's what they did they used that line to try to reform my profession and what they did was create an independence day for the criminal the day that that law came into into being it was independence day for criminals and our state supreme court they can't get off easy on this. Either. Oh no! With the Blake they, decision, they legalized drugs, <laughs> yeah. and the and the legislature, they did what the legislature didn't have the guts to do, and now the legislature won't fix it. But they did something even worse. They took away the very constitutional concept of equal protection under law when they came out with the Sump decision. Sump decision is very very scary, and our media did not cover it whatsoever. That decision basically says. It's one of the most racist decisions I've ever read because it says this. I can contact any of you because you look white, even though you might not be. But if I contact anybody of color and they appear to be color, then the courts have to weigh my intent on contacting you based on race. That's never been the way. And that is that is goes counter counter to equal protection in the law because race should not come into account at that point. Exactly, zero. It should not. But 
our state Supreme Court said this. They called us all racist, called police officers racist, they called the system racist, something they can't prove. There is no systemic racism in the system because the system says this, if you act that way, you go to prison. Right. So right. they can't prove it. But So they made this decision, and I'm telling you, you want to know what's wrong with America? Black robe-wearing activists are, is what's wrong with America right now. And that's when in all you have levels. Supreme that's, that's Court judges Supreme Court, all of and, them. and a national Supreme Court judge candidate at the time, now on the Supreme Court, that can't define what a woman is, exactly. you got a problem. Well, right? you got a big problem. And definitions and words matter. And, and all this stuff going around in our community, my wife brought it to my attention the other day. You know, intersections are supposed to be safe as they could possibly be. That's why we have traffic lights and signs, and they're well lit. But now they're not quite as well lit because because of the Blake decision, because law enforcement not being able to do their job, because we don't have space in a jail, even if the judges did do their job, which they haven't been. They can't arrest people. So instead, what we're doing is we're putting up blue lights. So the heroin addicts, at least at the corner, they'll have to go down to the residential neighborhood and use the traffic lights and the lights there because now there's blue lights and intersections that, frankly, in my opinion, we're wasting money on it. And it's kind of a distraction. I don't think it helped public safety as far as traffic. No. And, you know, the decisions that get made around here often amaze me. But one of the most disastrous decisions was Camp Hope. Uh -huh. I have an entire community, and and you know, you you've heard all the rhetoric. You've seen what the mainstream media is trying to do. Sure, they're trying to demonize us. We're wanting to clean up a mess, and Camp Hope, folks, is a protest. It started as a protest. It remains a protest. It is now an unlawful assembly. It is destroying neighborhoods and businesses fred meyer may close can you imagine what that does to one of our most marginalized neighborhoods mike you're very familiar with oh, that you neighborhood betcha. you used to represent it you bet I, that would be a death blow to the east central community period be. well and, and period. basically the leftists would call that a food desert at that point if they if they close because you got the you know freeway there east central already got a, a you know dealt with the infrastructure problem sure. the hand they got dealt but you know what i see is yeah it started out as a protest i remember when kate burke handcuffed herself to some activists and they bought some tents and then of course there was already drug use happening in front of city hall but now it's it's an unlawful uh, assembly yes but it's also unlawful in the fact that we have folks in government in the department of commerce in other agencies that are basically aiding and abetting criminal behavior that protest has turned into what the protests of you know the last decade we've seen leftist protests are nothing but criminal behavior saying they're it's freedom of speech it's not freedom of speech they're trespassing you know i look at the amount of money that we spend on the homeless issue i don't think it's a homeless issue i think it's a drug addiction issue i think it's drug induced mental illness issue but if i had the money my house would be paid off my credit card would be paid off i'd have zero debt i'd probably be flush with cash if i had the amount of money the homeless are getting every year they are and quite frankly i've tried to explain this to and i've been in heavy heavy talks with a lot of people in our community on this issue in the last 10 days. When we come back from the break, we have an opportunity to settle this and get it done 
and get it done quickly and get it done to where it serves every need of every person involved in this. The people in the camp, the people in the neighborhoods, the businesses, all I need is the state of Washington to come to the table. The city has agreed with the plan. You know, the providers have agreed to the plan. Why can't we get it done? It's because they won't come to the table. Right. Well, solutions are what we need, but can't solve the issue of time. So we're out of time for today's radio broadcast. So if you want to hear the rest of the interview with Sheriff Ozzy Knezovich, go to that podcast, Right Spokane Perspective. For you radio listeners, we will see you tomorrow. For everyone else, grab that podcast because we're going to continue. For all our radio listeners, don't forget, we are going to be doing an extended podcast with Sheriff Ozzy Knezovich, so you know how to make that switch to your favorite podcast platform. All of that being said, Mike and Tim are out of here today. We'll be back at you and in your face again tomorrow. And now we've gone ahead and switched to the podcast. So, Sheriff, let's go ahead and pick up where uh, you left off. But I do, did want to make a comment with regard to your last statement. Now we have the governor to contend with because the governor has finally stepped up. He's starting to chime in and he's touting this right of way legislation right now as being the guardian, if you will, of Camp Dope right here. Uh, well, that doesn't fly very well because that legislation was for interchanges and things like that. Mm-hmm. As you know, this camp sits in a residential area on surplus property. Right. That is surplus property right now. Exactly. So I would disagree with the governor on his assessment there. And he needs to rethink what his rhetoric is. We have a major situation going on. Contrary to what you read in the papers and everything else, because they want, they want to paint this, Tim and Mike, as, you know, the greatest thing there is. You know, people are getting so much help in the camp. When? Yeah, I, n- exactly. Nothing was happening until somebody said, I'm closing it. Right. And suddenly we got all this help coming and, and all this stuff coming. But what they don't report are the crimes being committed in and out of that camp. Absolutely. The fact that it is a crime generator and the governor can try to protect this unlawful activity, but if he does, he'll wear it. Yeah. Well, he's not only protecting it, he's forcing the rest of us to pay for it because people may not know. I mean, the, the homeless, they have free meals, several probably dozens of them downtown every day multiple places they can go for free meals there's shelters they can get signed up to vote they can get free ids they can get free cell phones free tablets with cell phone service there's clothing banks there's clothing organizations i mean it's endless you know free needles uh, cash assistance so they can still buy heroin i mean it's crazy it, it is it's uh, you were 100 right Tim, when you you described what the crisis is, this is not an economic homeless crisis yet. Well, I think we're because, spending about one hundred and twenty thousand dollars per homeless person uh, now. Yeah, but it, this isn't because they lost their jobs, right? Th- that may be coming with the coming recession, possible depression that our president is guiding us towards. But what this is is a drug fueled mental health crisis that has become a homeless crisis and what you know when i hear ben stuckard go 85 percent of them were spokane residents i'm going ben i have dealt with 
eight homeless people in the last two weeks. Now, this is odd for me to say because when I asked them, because I'm really curious, sure. where are you from? Eight out of eight have been from Montana. Right. Montana. Well, I'll tell you something, Sheriff. It's getting to be wintertime in the Rockies. That's right. It yes, sure is. I got briefed on on Saturday of a camp we cleared up uh, up by Whitworth, uh-huh. and they said mother-son uh, teams uh, was starting up to camp, and they're from Montana. It'll be their first winter with us, Mike. They hate to hear this, but we have gained a national reputation as the place to come if you want a free handout and to shoot up, commit your crimes, nothing's going to happen to you in Spokane. Actually, they'll give you more uh, assistance so that you, you know, in the free needles and cash and all the other things that we oh, talked about. And, and so it's interesting because when Mike was still on the city council, we saw, and I've, I've watched every single city council meeting, we saw the homeless activists bringing in people that were supposedly here, just down on their luck, you know, Spokane residents. No, they said they were from LA. They said they were from Michigan. They said they were from all over the place. They say, you know, you treat your homeless really good here, but we'd like to have lockers to secure our stuff. We'd like to have this. We'd like to have that. So, you know, people think that homeless individuals, kind of like they say, the left says that certain groups of people can't figure out how to vote or get ID. That's how they treat the homeless situation, but it's really not the truth. They know how to access the services better than the working class people that don't have the time to sit in offices to get services. So there is Facebook pages out there, like the sheriff's Facebook page, where, I mean, I share some of the stuff that the sheriff's office puts out. Right Spokane Perspective has a Facebook page, but there's also groups out there that have pages that are homeless groups. Where's all the free stuff? Mm -hmm. Where can I get away with things? A little pressure on this homeless camp any other homeless camps out there got some space they're having those conversations yeah they, they sure are. are and the the reality is either either ben stuckert is blind or he's lying that he doesn't know what's going on here mike you and i have been engaged in in the civics area in this community for a very long time yes sir up until about and you tell me if i'm if i'm on pacer up until about 10 years ago we could handle our homeless population needs yes. we had plenty of warming shelters we had plenty of space we had no issues then suddenly our state lost its mind we legalized marijuana and i warned against that because i was watching what was happening in colorado every place that has done this they drew people in and they weren't good people That's right. that we yeah. want, came in well i think the secondary I had, effect of that though was too that the drug cartels were pushing marijuana and that was less volatile. I mean, it's still, you know, maybe a gateway Tim, drug Tim, and all that. Tim, but now they're really pushing the heavy drugs. And, uh, the cartels control the legal marijuana aspect more than they ever did. They never went away. As remember what they told us, you vote for this and it will all go away. Oh, yeah. No, they're stronger than ever. Now they instead control, of one drug cartel, don't they, we have two now here? That, no, the drug cartels control marijuana in a big way. And they control fentanyl in a big way. And, you know, if I had, you know, Lord help if I ever became president, because the first thing I'd do is look at China and go, the next ship full of precursor chemicals to build fentanyl pills that leaves gets sunk. Right. And I would go right along with what our former AG, USAG said, Mr. Barr, and we need to treat the cartels just like ISIS. 
they are killing this country. Oh, absolutely. And all the stuff coming up through that border, folks, there's been so much fentanyl brought in across that border. There's enough fentanyl in this community, in this nation today to kill every citizen in the nation. And no one seems to care. They want, we do these feel good stuff. You know, we do these dog and pony shows and people, we're, we're standing up against fentanyl and we're going to do this, that. I'm to the point that I, I don't want to even show up to those things because they're not, it's, no one really cares. Because if you really cared, you couldn't, you couldn't be doing what we're doing and which is nothing. I have sat with the victims of fentanyl overdose i have watched them tell their their son and daughter's stories i have heard their son and daughter's stories i have helped them try to get the attention of the powers to be above us and they don't care if they cared that border would be sealed and there would this would not be going on we would be arresting people for carrying fentanyl pills because it is a deadly substance and we're not we're not serious about this and when i say we're not folks i'm turning right back on you the government of the united states is and will be and forever will be the government of the people you are the government you have forgotten this if you want your government back it is time you quit electing the people that are doing this stuff and if I, I'm done with letters, RD, I could care less. I am done with people not taking action. Mike, I slammed a Republican legislator the other night because, oh, I want to help. No, you don't. If you really wanted to help, you can pull a press conference. If you really wanted to help, you would be using your voice. There's a reason you're the party in the minority. It's because people see you do nothing. Yeah. Well, and the reason why the drug yeah, cartels... The reason why the drug cartels are here, the reason why they're making profits, isn't because drug addicts are so industrious. I mean, it, they steal stuff, they cut off catalytic converters, but we are funding. We are paying yes, through we budgets. Are. We are paying for the resources to keep these drugs flowing into our community. And that's where I think we need to hold the elected officials responsible for funding budgets to continue to fund the problem. Amen. Yep. I mean, look at Camp Hope. The millions of dollars being poured into that, and, oh, no, there's no fentanyl being sold there. Oh, baloney. There's there's no drugs being so, taken there. I drive by that, that camp every single day to and from my place of work, odd hours, and what I see going on there, well, at least it's criminal the, activity. It, it's criminal activity in all hours of the morning and the night. I see it's drug deals. I'm not stupid. I, I grew up in Hilliard, right? And this is not anything that somebody can say. Oh no, no, no. We've we've stopped that because we've we've put barriers up so you can't see what's going on inside. Oh, made him sign rules, right? They just right. do the drug dealers. Right. The drug dealers and and the the people doing prostitution are just a block or two down the road. That's all. Yeah, but let me let me tell you, there is hope. Yeah, what's the solution some, you were talking some about of the, before the break? Some of the providers and I and the city of Spokane and the commissioners have come up with a plan to, by December 1st, have that camp almost gone, and by shortly after December 1st, have it totally gone. Why December 1st? Well, that's when 120 beds from Catholic Charities comes online. There's no more argument. There's no more beds. There's plenty of beds right now. Sure. But there's no more argument at that point. Everybody's on board. Everybody, we can get this done. I will stand up the Emergency Operations Center Tuesday because we need the mechanisms to start being able to act quickly as far as buying 
Connexes to store property, buying totes to store property, anything that we need to get this done. We have engaged the business community. They're on board. The only entities that aren't on board would be the governor of the state of Washington, i.e. then the state of Washington. If they simply came to the table, got out of our way, get the heck out of our way, We'll have this cleaned up, and we'll have it cleaned up in short order. Right. And everybody's needs, from the homeless to the citizens to the business owners, and people forget, Mike, Tim, there is an elementary school in right. that neighborhood. That's right, right down the street. Right from down and down. Libby is living in fear. Libby Elementary, those students, those teachers, those parents are living in fear. When does the governor care about the people? The reason I stepped into this is because in May, I started getting contacted by people. Mike, you know me. You know I go and talk to people. Oh, yeah. You know I'll come and sit in your living rooms. Living room, yeah. I'll come walk the neighborhoods with you. And they have lost their voice. No one seems to care about them anymore. No. Well, guess what? There's still one elected official in Spokane County that cares about the people, regardless if you voted for me. I, it is my job to be your voice and I will be that voice until this gets cleaned up and it will be cleaned up before I leave office. Well, I'm, I'm glad that. you're that voice. There's one more issue that I'd like to talk to you about. Well, hang other on a minute. I, I got a quick question for the sheriff. Okay. Now, you know, along the lines of fentanyl, I understand that there is a new drug that is out on the street that is like something it's either 10 or a hundred times more powerful called ISO. Have we seen any of that come into the Spokane area yet? Not that much. Not okay. Where it, but it, ha- but it has showed up. It, it is floating. Okay. And let's face it, that probably is your next fentanyl. Oh boy! I remember when I said during the hydrocodone and everything phase and right. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's one coming that's worse, folks. It's called fentanyl. Right. It came now, didn't it? Oh, it, sure it, it came in a big way. Mike was just talking about it the other day uh, on the show about how, you know, we used to talk about, you know, a, a couple of grams or this or that or a few pills. Now we're talking about bags full of hundreds and hundreds of pills and we're ounces 15, and thousand. Pounds. Yeah. 15,000 pills is nothing for us to arrest people with anymore. It's unreal. Yeah, sure. I mean, it used to be a little baggie of this, a, you know, a baggie of that. I mean, we're talking pounds. But the problem yes, is... And is, tons, but pounds coming into the and, city and, of Spokane. And, the problem and is quite nuts. frankly, thank you, state legislature. Thank yeah. you, Governor Inslee. You brought this to us. When are you going to do something about it? Folks, I got an email last night, and... It was the. It was almost like the the last straw of the two hundred conversations and two hundred phone calls and that I, over that that I've had on Camp Hope and this issue. And I sent an email to the city council to Richelli, Ormsby, Billig, the mayor, everybody and went. Here's what your constituent, our constituents, are saying. He's afraid to go out his door. Can't take his seven-year-old and walk down the street to go to the store because he doesn't want to walk through the gauntlet of drugs, drug-infested and drug-addicted neighborhood. What do you want me to say to them? Right. What is it? What is it you want me to tell them? Because they are being crushed. When do you wake up and say, hmm, I'll guarantee you, if this was happening in their neighborhoods, this would have ended 
months ago. You bet. Oh, kind of like a Martha's Vineyard type of story. And, you know, I mean, in essence, this is happening in everybody's neighborhoods, because how in the heck is it that you can have anywhere from, you know, 400 to 600 people holding 220,000 people hostage? Right. And we are hostage. And and then the closer you get to the epicenter of Camp Dope, the worse it gets. Well, then it became a magnet, but it is all around our city. It's around our county. It's it's happening across our country. But there's another issue I want to talk about that other elected officials have not allowed us to talk about it. And I've been talking about it for 10 years because I was just an infant when we actually funded a reconstruction of an old military barracks, I believe. Uh-huh. And uh, we don't have prison space. And the reality is, is there's always going to be bad people out there that should be in prison. And I'm not talking about just the elected officials that we've been criticizing. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people know that the, these encampments are full of people that probably have warrants in other states. That's why they're here from another state, because they don't want to get picked up for a warrant in California or even in a, a different county here in Washington. So the prison conversation, the voters said no to a stadium downtown. We've I don't even think anyone voted on the other stadium that's built downtown. We've got all of these entertainment venues and government expanding its reach into lots of concrete structures, but we can't build a jail that's adequate for our size of our county. You're right. And the reason being is because Brian Beggs and the No New Jail Coalition Bonnie Mager at the time said no, and they have fought us for since 2009, 2011. We should have taken that to a vote. We've never given the citizens a chance to vote on this. And is there a risk to doing that? Yeah, there is, because it's a supermajority vote. Uh-huh. You have to pass this one supermajority. Right. It's not 50 percent, but. They won't even put it to a vote of the citizens, but they don't listen to the citizens anyways when they talk about parks that end up costing us double what they should cost. They didn't stay in their budget when we're talking about entertainment stadiums, and now we got another sports stadium that wants more money from the county. When are we going to stop funding entertainment and start funding public safety, which should be a... a I told told a group of politicians this um, four years ago. If you try to build another facility in this community or fund something in this community that doesn't involve fixing the criminal justice system, i.e. the jail is part of the criminal justice system. Your criminal justice system will not work if you jail is not working and isn't structured properly and we don't have the programming necessary to do smart justice. The community correction center is the linchpin to the entire thing. If you try to do anything other than build that facility i.e the facility to fix the system i will be the one standing out on the the sidewalk going vote no (laughs) vote no you know this has to go to bond folks there is a a, there are people talking about well we could use the two tenths one percent that hasn't been tapped into you to build no 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 you don't use that to build a jail why don't you use that to build a jail because that is your last last operating funds you have if you build a new jail and you use that you won't have funds to operate yeah so you have to you have to take a look and the citizens of of this community are going to have what's important is our kids safety our ability to walk down the street important if so then fix it and fix it right don't let them half step you don't let them do anything other than put it to a bond and then fund the operations. You have to do this. And I can tell you that there are more and more people saying, we, ha- we have to do it, we have to do it. We people, have to. people that were 
always going, no, they're like, I, I almost fell out of my chair when I heard a woman talking at a major meeting. We need a new jail. I went, you what did I, my ears just break or something well we don't have to raise taxes we don't have to burden the citizens anymore we just have to quit bailing out the downtown partnership which i maybe agree or don't agree but that we've got public facilities district that's losing money and making bad decisions we bailed them out we throw money that way we're bailing out nonprofits that are are aiding and abetting criminal behavior in homeless camps there's so many places we're throwing our money that are not uh, as important as criminal justice and having a jail by the way a jail that's safe for for the inmates and the staff because that's a, an issue too it's not that we just need a jail so we can you know jail more people we need to be able to have judges that have a place in the inn if you will so that they can actually take violent criminals hold off the street accountable. hold that's people right. accountable but we also need a facility where we can hire guards that are willing to work there because it's not an old military barracks that gets on full lockdown because one person loses their mind yeah you you're bet. absolutely tim i've been saying that for 16 years and the the harsh reality is we have a very dangerous jail system both for the inmate and for the people that are working in those facilities and now you're reaping the the rewards of that 40 percent staffing uh, problem at the spokane county jail talking about closing geiger Talk about you don't have, there will be no more room, uh, absolutely zero. There is no room now, but at that point, we will only be arresting the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst because we've been sending some of the work. You know, Geiger was never designed to be a medium security facility. We're starting to send some scary people to Geiger. And you can't do that. This this has to stop. We have the ability to get this done. It, all it takes is is the will and educating the people. And that's one of the things that we, I've always said, you're selling our community short. If you come to our community and you're honest with them, keywords, honest with them, it's amazing what they'll vote to do. Right. But you have to be honest. But we have this drought of honesty in what we tell people. And if you really want to know how I feel about that, one day bring me back and let's talk about the messaging around the COVID situation and why we were lied to in such a fashion. You bet. Well, Sheriff, unfortunately, we are definitely running out of time in today's broadcast, even the extended podcast version. No, no, we're completely out of time, Mike. That's the problem. And so are the voters, and so are the children in the, in the public safety that we need. We're out of time. We need to quit tolerating the free-range no, prison and get the job but done right. I definitely need to extend a huge right Spokane perspective. Thank you to you because you are absolutely right. I mean, you were the guy standing in the corner watching all of this stuff unfold. You see it, you're watching the headbutting, and then finally there came a time where you reached your threshold and said, hey, look, enough is enough. We got too many victims out here in our residential areas, in our businesses. I mean, the Tapio Center, the Fred Meyer, that contractor that's rebuilding the Thor Freya couplet, and all of the residents that are in that, even the residentials that is over in East Central proper on the other side of the highway from this, they are all being impacted to include every one of us that 
you know, lives a couple of miles away. It's like I said, we got four to 600 people and the state governor right <laughs> right now that's holding 220,000 of us here in the city of Spokane well, and hostage. And that is really wrong. It is wrong. And that's why we need to get out there and we need to vote. We need to start holding these elected officials accountable because it's not just the communities that lose their catalytic converters and have windows broken and, and feces on the sidewalk. It's also all the rest of us who are paying for this every day through government budgets that continue the behavior you bet all of that being said ladies and gentlemen mike and tim are out of here today we'll be back at you and in your face again tomorrow bye-bye